Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Story number one, The Great Trial, written by Echoing Cascade. Yisio was an emeract, a race of bureaucrats whose greatest contribution to the universe at large was the Great Trial. It consisted of a series of questions, psychological and physical tests. They were designed to quantify a race's aptitudes in many fields of employments. The results would define a race's future. Would they be mostly soldiers, tailors, accountants, janitors? To say that it was an important event for a newly discovered race would be putting it mildly. Yesia was reading the morning news. He, like many others, wanted to know the results of the recently discovered Death Worlders. Humanity as they called themselves. It took them quite a bit of time to get the results this time around. This seemed odd to Yisio. These people were efficient. The numbers should have been made down weeks ago. He read the statistics. Nothing worthy of note. It ranged from slightly above average in most fields, with an obvious aptitude for combat, but not high enough to actually supplant the warrior races in combat prowess. Then, uh... Something caught his eye. Something a non-Emeract would never have noticed. The results demanded a third set of tests. He made his way to the office on his old friend and business partner, Crimio. His race was one of the best suited trades, for Crimio was a shining example. When no one wanted of an Emeract businessman, he gave Yesio a chance and they both made it big. They ran several trading routes, the multiple stations along the way, and a couple small colonization projects. He always wanted to expand on the last one, and now he could. Cremio. So, uh, what's this business opportunity we can't sleep on, Don't no, you talked about? Cremio wasn't the kind to talk in circles. This made him look rough and simple, which is exactly what he wanted. He was a very cunning man. A fact many who tried to fool him learned too late. Yesio, if I asked you what would be the optimal colonization crew, what would you answer? Crimea raised an eyebrow at this. Yesio knew the answer, so he obviously wanted him to say it out loud. The reason why escaped him. Emeracks to keep the books, stayins on architecture, Malachi's on security... Ocent Nazi on living spaces, Kurs on aesthetics, and a crap ton of robots for the actual construction. Yusio nodded. What special accommodations would be required? Grimia was still lost, but decided to humor his old friend. Soundproof rooms for the Emeracks, live prey for the Stainos, to hunt, and caves for where they can build their webs, large pools of water for the Malachis, Zero gravity rooms for the Akanazi, and gem-decorated rooms for the Kors. Facing the local star, 
Yesia. Exactly. Crimea wasn't seeing what Yesia was so excited about and finally chose just to ask. You know all of this, what gives? Yesia. I say we contract with the human crew. The faster we can sign one up, the better. Crimea began to see what his old friend was trying to do here. He pondered for a few seconds. Certainly, they received average results, and we could stand to make a hefty profit by paying them less than actual specialists. But the end product would probably not be up to the people's standards. If it passes testing, that is. No one wants to live in a defective starter colony. Yesia was shifting left and right at this point, a show of happiness as he copied the Crimeo. Oh no! I propose we pay them specialist rates and secure them exclusivity contract with humanity if we can. Crimeo couldn't find the words. He knew Yesio long enough to know that he wasn't an idiot. But what you just said made no sense. Okay, pal. I've humored you long enough. What the hell? Yesio took his data pad from his pocket and handed it to Crimeo. Crimeo looked at it. It contained the results of the Great Trial. For humanity. Yeah, I've seen this already. I don't. Before he could finish his question, Yesio cut him off. They ran the test three times. Crimea reread the article. That was true, but so what? And that, that means. Yesio sat down for the first time since the meeting started and took a swig of the teal beverage Crimea had prepared in advance. What I'm about to tell you is a secret very few non-Emiraks are privy to. Crivio was surprised at this. His friend was a great businessman, but not a proud Emirak. In fact, he kinda hated his people who wanted to pigeonhole him into another number cruncher. Go on. Yesia put his drink down. The first test is measured using hundreds of volunteers. The results are then averaged. Crivio nodded. He knew this much at least. The fact everyone knew that. Yesia smiled. If the numbers are not conclusive, a second test takes place. This time, thousands of volunteers are tested and the results are averaged. Kremia made a go-on gesture with his hand. This was nothing new to him. Yesia, so what do you think happens when those numbers are still not conclusive? Kremia pondered on that for a moment, then answered. They test ten thousands of volunteers and average the results. Yesio drank his remaining content of his glass. No, they test ten million volunteers from every walk of life and they don't average the results. They use the median. It took a full second for Cremio's brain to catch up to the revelation. He then stood so fast his chair nearly fell over. Wait, so that means that the results... Yesio nods. Correct. The numbers are not indicative of the human's potential for each job. Crimeo finished his sentence. Because there are outliers that are not considered on the numbers that we are given. Yesio served himself a new drink. So what do you think? Should we invest in a group of professionals that can do every job a starter colony needs and do it well while needing only standard living conditions? Or do we let this chance slip? Crimea poured himself a glass of teal liquid. Yesio smiled from ear to ear, and so did Crimeo. If they played their cards right, they could endear themselves to humanity, being the ones who gave them a chance, and in the process ensure their mutual prosperity.
Grimier. Have I ever told you you're the best investment I ever made? Yes, you. Yes, but I never tire of hearing of it. They clanged their glasses together. This was going to be the greatest venture yet. End of story. Story number two. Pack Not Pack. Written by Rosie013. Everything hurt as he lay in a puddle of his own blood. The hot midday sun at his eyes. The stinging of the large open gash on its thigh. The fact that the hunt had failed, with the prey having disappeared over the horizon. The last few members of his hunting party were dead nearby. That hurt the most. Damn, he was thirsty. There was nothing for it but to wait for death. But he was not so lucky. His sharp hearing picked up the sounds of other hunters closing in. Figures, all the noise and the scent of blood was bound to attract something. He had been hoping to die peacefully before they arrived. Now he would be someone else's lunch. The wind changed direction, bringing with it an acrid smell of a larger predator, but an unfamiliar alien one. Slowly, cautiously, out of the corner of his eye, a large biped emerged from amongst the scrubland. It had sharp rock with one limb and seemed to have a prey skin around its waist. As it advanced into the clearing to examine one of the dead, two more of the same creature emerged behind it, similarly equipped. One made eye contact with him and revealed its teeth in a predatory display of might before walking over to his prone form. As marched as he was, he could not even manage a token snarl to ward off the creature. He closed his eyes and waited for the feeling of teeth against his throat. To his surprise, instead there came a sudden smell of water. Opening his eyes again, revealing the creature had produced another skin from its waist and poured the life-giving liquid onto the cupped hand and knelt offering it to him. He could hardly refuse such was his desperation. As he hastily drank, the creature dropped its rock with a dull thud and reached out to run a hand through his hair. He was calming. After a tense moment or two, right then, somehow he knew the creature meant him no harm. He confirmed this by refilling its cupped hand with more water, a most welcome peace offering. Feeling somewhat rejuvenated, he slowly, painfully rose to his feet. Perhaps he could still manage to walk a little, if he was careful. The friendly biped collected his rock and backed up a little, watching him carefully, probably for signs of aggression. It cocked its head for a moment, then made it a strange barking noise to the others of its pack. It turned back to him, barked again, and made the unmistakable gesture. Come. With a light heart and a wagging tail, he forced himself to lower his injured leg to the ground letting the other three carry most of his weight, and join his new pack-not-pack. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope 
that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.